0: From Washington, this is the CQ Budget Podcast, your leading Capitol Hill source on how Congress allocates federal taxpayer dollars. I'm David Lerman, your budget tracker, and joining me this week is Laura Weiss, who covers tax policy at CQ Roll Call. Thanks for being here, Laura.
1: Thanks so much for having me, David.
0: And we wanted to talk about taxes because we've certainly spent a lot of time talking about the huge omnibus spending package that Congress finally was able to pass, all about spending. And we've sort of digested that last week, but we haven't focused much on taxes. Taxes were not a part of that omnibus package. and But there's a lot of tax legislation brewing out there, some of which could actually come to fruition in coming months. And there's no one better to tell us what that might be than, than Laura, who's who's our tax expert at CQ Roll Call. So Laura, what, um, what do you see coming down the pike that may be most likely to actually get passed in, in the next several months?
1: Yeah, well, thanks for the question. And thanks for having me to talk taxes, David. I'm always glad to. Um, yeah, I think with, as you mentioned, the omnibus, you know, there were some expectations that there could be a tax title, some pressure for that, at least, discussion of it. That did not come together. And I think there were a couple factors of why that will play into things in the next few months. And some also provisions that were in the mix that are going to keep coming back up again. And so I think the big thing is you had a good number of tax provisions that are pretty popular here in Washington that expired at the end of last year. Some were pandemic aid provisions, some are pretty popular business incentives, things like that. And so those are going to be coming up, I think, a lot in the months to come. And there's a lot of sort of, whether it's lobbyists, whether it's advocates, whether it's members of Congress, people who are searching for a vehicle to get their priorities done.
0: And uh, certainly the biggest one that had a lot of interest for a long time as Democrats tried to do their Build Back Better initiative was this expanded child tax credit that's lapsed, right? I mean, there's still a push to revive that.
1: Yeah. So Senator Romney told me he's talk- he talked to the White House about it. It sounded like a pretty informal conversation, like they didn't necessarily get into any details or negotiations. But... There have that sort of door open at this point. So Senator Romney is certainly, it seems like, trying to position himself to be a bipartisan dealmaker there. Uh, Senator Bennett has been talking to him, Senator uh, Manchin as well, who they seem to have a good relationship. So um, we'll see what comes of that. But I think a lot will hinge on sort of that and the reconciliation bill when it comes to taxes this year, because it does create a political problem for Democrats. One of the big expired tax provisions that there's a lot of bipartisan support on is this incentive for research and development allowing um, you know full immediate expensing of research and development costs that expired at the end of last year and basically because there's a change in the 2017 tax law that makes it so now it has to be deducted over five years and you know that's not as valuable to companies and corporations are Pushing back hard on that.
0: They want to deduct it all up front, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. They want to go back to how it was. And I'm, even though that was something in a Republican tax law, um, you know, as a revenue raiser, Republicans absolutely want to get rid of that. And as well as Democrats, um, you know, Senate Finance Chair Ron Wyden described it to me as the worst thing in the 2017 tax law in terms of competitiveness for US companies, which. Is a big statement for him. So I'm expecting that to keep coming up a lot. I think it will come up in the context of this competitiveness package that is expected to you know, go to conference soon. And so I think that could be a home for that. But the problem you're gonna have with that, which was the pro- one of the issues with getting it onto the omnibus is that it's a problem politically for Democrats that they've let this child tax credit, as you mentioned, the expansion of that lapse, the earned income tax credit expansion they did as part of COVID relief as well was something that they were going to extend in the reconciliation bill. And so they're concerned about moving a business tax break essentially ahead of policies that were aimed at relief for lower and middle income Americans.
0: So the question is, how do you do a business tax break without Without uh, addressing families and the the child tax credit right the the optics of that look awkward for Democrats is what you're saying exactly and the expanded child tax credit we should we should remind people this was the they've expanded it to up to thirty six hundred dollars a child, I believe a year and they and this was a, a popular thing last year as part of the pandemic relief package, and they paid it out in monthly installments. Democrats credited that for for cutting the child poverty rate by something like 40%, but of course it was only a very limited amount of time last year, and then it lapsed at the end of the year. There was a big push to revive it, but of course they had a problem with Joe Manchin, the West Virginia Democrat, who just doesn't seem to like it very much, right? And he and he wanted he wanted to insist on work requirements in order to qualify for that credit.
1: Yeah, and that's something that a lot of Republicans – have repeated as well as wanting some sort of work requirement. Um, Senator Romney actually, who's, you know, now working on this bipartisan push is interested in some level of work requirements, but certainly is not as, you know, wedded to that idea. And basically has, has a, you know, his idea on it is that he doesn't want to disincentivize parents from a parent from staying home to provide childcare as well. So, yeah, we'll see if there's something that can be worked out. But it does seem like the White House is really starting to think that this will need to come out of the reconciliation bill for a bit now.
0: And it's, and it's quite costly too, I believe. My recollection is it was something like over $100 billion a year to extend it.
1: Yeah, certainly doing it over the full budget period like Senator Manchin has talked about for spending programs would be quite expensive.
0: So those are two big ones that are going to be hard to do, the child tax credit and the research and development credit. But there are some smaller scale initiatives that that sound like they stand a better chance based on the reporting I've seen from you. One was this t- uh, restoring a bigger tax break for charitable donations, right?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So the Senate Finance Committee held a hearing yesterday on that. And basically, the thrust was of that was, Really bipartisan support for bringing back this pandemic aid provision that gave a charitable deduction to people who take the standard deduction, which is almost ninety percent of taxpayers at this point. So that was the idea of that was to incentivize a lot more people to give to charity and make that more widely available. It was supposed to help charities during the COVID pandemic, but there's certainly interest in you know, that being a policy beyond the pandemic. And so I think we'll see where, you know, how that can move. There was very clearly bipartisan support. I think the questions are exactly what form it'll take and then, you know, how to move it. And I think one thing is we are expecting an extender's package to come together this year. And so that would be extending popular, probably bipartisan um, tax provisions that expired at the end of last year, You know, traditionally that often that could come together later in the year. Uh, That could certainly be the case, but it also could come together sooner. And a lot sort of depends on the timing of the reconciliation bill, what other taxes move there. So we're still sort of waiting to see when that comes together. But it could certainly be a way to pass a lot of the things that, you know, people are on the Hill are looking at right now.
0: Yeah, because you get a lot of nonprofit groups, charities that are that are really gung ho to to uh, make it easier to deduct for charitable giving now, right? They've been hurt during the pandemic a bit in recent years because of the because of the tax change they they had.
1: Yeah, so they are really you know pushing to get this back. They've said they are having a hard time recruiting and keeping workers right now, and that's. The, you know a problem they've talked about. Um, there's been pretty high charitable giving, you know, even during the pandemic. But you know they're saying they don't know if that will be sustained, and so they're certainly pushing for a suite of things. Another one is the employee retention tax credit. That was another pandemic relief provision that was meant to provide aid, uh, especially to smaller businesses, nonprofits, and so. That was a big one for the nonprofit community, and they're really pushing to bring that back, especially it ended up being stripped early, basically, in the infrastructure law last year. Senators were looking for revenue. The pandemic was looking better. They decided to end it uh, a few months early in 2021, but it ended up being retroactive because of the timing of when the law passed the House. So that's now been something that nonprofits are really concerned about bringing back.
0: And then there's this push for IRS funding. I mean, the IRS has had its budget whacked for years under Republicans. Democrats have been eager to shore it up, partly to step up tax enforcement, which they say would reap a lot more revenue to pay some of the bills. How is that playing out right now? Is there any any grounds here for believing that you could see a major funding boost for the IRS and enough to make a difference in, in in revenue collection.
1: Yeah, so it's we'll see what happens going forward. Um I think they did get a 5.6% year over year budget boost in the omnibus and that was, you know, the biggest boost in many years. So that was certain certainly, you know, an improvement on their budget. I think the current tax season, you know, it's been bad. It's been a rough situation, really long backlogs. And, you know, one of the things as well, like we were talking about the situation for, you know, charitable organizations, you know, they've said the employer retention tax credit, there is a big backlog um, for some in getting those funds. So that's another issue that was brought up as well at yesterday's hearing. And so, You have right now Senator Cardin and Senator Portman who've teamed up on other things as well. They're on the finance committee together um, on something bipartisan around modernization for the IRS. So we don't have details yet, but Senator Crapo, who's ranking member on finance, basically told me that's the one category that he's open to is really getting the IRS better tech, updating their systems, you know, one of the issues with the current tax season has been that the IRS to process paper, it's this chain of people who have to be involved. It's all manual. And so, you know, there, I think is really bipartisan interest in tackling that problem. And at one point, Senator Crapo actually framed it during a hearing as, well, if we modernize, right, we probably don't necessarily need to give huge budget boosts down the line. It can kind of, you can." automate things or improve the technology and sort of address some of those issues. So I think that uh, effort is definitely one to watch. And then it's whether Democrats can get the $80 billion they want in their reconciliation bill. That's primarily aimed at enforcement. That would be a huge infusion for the agency. It seems to have the support among Democrats. So it's really a matter of if the reconciliation package you know, is able to come together.
0: $80 billion they want over a decade i think and that that was designed to yeah. beef up tax enforcement right and generate a bunch of new revenue
1: exactly yeah so that was essentially a revenue raiser in that bill
0: but that's completely partisan republicans say they don't want to create an what they call an army of new auditors out there and and they're they're trying to campaign against that and use it in their political campaigns right exactly we might see that as an issue we might see that as an issue this fall so that's a tougher road but But IRS modernization, I guess, has some legs?
1: Yeah, I think so. I mean, Senator Portman, you know, being involved in that is significant. Um, You know, he and Senator Cardin have put together proposals in the past. Actually, they did have um, something on the IRS a few years ago that didn't end up moving forward. But from what I could tell, they really didn't have details. They both said, you know, staff still putting this together. It's early, but... They're actively working on it, and it would be pretty targeted from to modernization, from what I could tell.
0: And, of course, we're expecting any day or week now, we think, President Biden's new budget for fiscal 2023 to come out. Is there anything you're going to be looking in there for on tax policy, Laura, anything you expect to see in there for tax initiatives?
1: Yeah, so one thing I've heard uh, that some people are expecting is perhaps more details on international taxes. There's this effort for a 15% global minimum tax on multinationals right now. Um, and, you know, the US has led in a lot of those negotiations, but they've been, there's been a lot going on globally on that. And so you know, there's a thought of that perhaps there might be more tax provisions to sort of implement the deal now that there's more information about what's going on globally, though it's still quite in flux, that there could be some new things from the Treasury Department on that.
0: Okay. And we should note that the Ways and Means Committee, the big tax writing committee in the House is undergoing, is sure to undergo some change because the top Republican, Kevin Brady, is stepping down, retiring from Congress next year. And Republicans are pretty confident that they think they can win a majority in the House in the midterm elections in November. And so there's a big battle underway to be the top Republican on that committee. It seems to be heating up. What do we know? And, and what's, who, who's, who's competing against whom on that one?
1: Yeah. So right now we have three Republicans who are solidly in the race. It's Congressman Buchanan, who's from Florida, Congressman Adrian Smith from Nebraska, and Congressman Jason Smith from Missouri. And so they are all in that race. Uh, This week, the latest thing is you had some fundraising hauls from Congressman Buchanan and Jason Smith, and they both announced to fellow Republicans... Congressman Jason Smith announced $500,000 raised in the last couple of weeks for the NRCC, that, you know, House Republicans campaign arm. And then Congressman Buchanan said that a fundraiser in the next couple of weeks at his house in Florida is going to bring in a million for the NRCC as well. So you certainly have that heating up. And, you know, I think this is going to be, you know, a big thing to watch in the coming months and into the fall. and. Clearly, those members are looking at you know their fundraising, starting to really accelerate that as they try to get this spot.
0: Yeah, I know Jason Smith is now the ranking Republican on the on the House Budget Committee, but he gave up running for an open Missouri Senate seat specifically. I think to be able to make a play for the Ways and Means Committee gavel. And so he's campaigning hard now for that. But Vern Buchanan of Florida does seem to be a major contender there who's giving it everything he's got also. And I don't know to what extent Adrian Smith uh, of Nebraska plays into that. He's obviously a third contender. I don't know how strong his campaign is right now.
1: Yeah, I think uh, Congressman Adrian Smith and Congressman Buchanan both have the edge in seniority. But I think, you know, that's something they're both absolutely you know bringing up but i think that's not necessarily the biggest factor here there's fundraising there's other support for the party and those kinds of things that play into this and those relationships so congressman jason smith is certainly making a squash getting into this race and you know we'll see where it goes
0: so a lot to keep track of on the tax front but uh Laura's going to stay on it for us, and you can find it all in CQ and Roll Call. That does it for us today. Thank you all for joining us, and we will be back next week.